Good morning, church. Good morning. Hello to those online. Hello to you as well. Great to be in worship with you here today. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Pastor Jonathan Mann, and uh, if you're wondering, that pastor preaches in walking boots or hiking boots, and he's going to sit on a stool in just a minute. That's because I have a broken toe, just so you know. So <laughs> We're still getting over that. It's about two weeks in, so we're getting past that, but we're doing well, doing well. Thanks for asking all those the people that have been checking in on me. Uh, my uh, NFL career is on hold, but we'll get there one of these days, yeah. That's right. Well, as we're here today, uh, we are finishing a sermon series. So as we're here, uh, last again, all good things must come to an end. And we've been doing a sermon series um, called Our Needed Savior. And basically the idea behind it has been is what are some of those big, huge things that really matter the fact that Jesus came to this earth? I mean, life-altering things that no one else really can truly provide other than Jesus in our life. And so the first week we looked at guilt and how Jesus not only has the power to forgive sins, but freely does so and loves to do such things. And we talked about how Jesus can forgive us of the guilt that we may have in our life. We also looked last week at the shame idea and how in our world, especially how many times shame is put upon us, that ultimately there's only one person whose opinion really matters, and that's God's. And ultimately in our life, because Jesus has come, we know what God has told us to do, and we can walk with God in our days. And then today we're going to be looking at one final thing I wanted us to look about, and that is this idea of purpose. Purpose. As we sit there, I see some of you having your puzzled faces and that's because uh, you may not be doing what I'm going through in my life. Um, I'm 41 years old, and um, I didn't know you could do this, but I decided to go ahead and get my midlife crisis out of the way. I don't know if any of you all like, chose to have it, but I, I was like, oh, let's just do it. go ahead and do this. And so uh, I've been looking at my life and thinking, oh, you know, there's probably like, more time behind me than ahead of me. And I thought, huh, I should probably take some time to reevaluate my life and just think of it, not reevaluate, but just evaluate that my life that is and just see, like, are the things that matter really what I'm doing, right? Or are there a bunch of things that really, I think, in my daily life matter, but they're really not? So I've been going through this and thinking through, and no, I didn't buy a Corvette. But if anybody happens to have one, let me know for sale. No, I'm just kidding, uh, as we're here. But, um, so I've been going through this, and I've been thinking about this idea and how powerful it is, the idea of having purpose. Let me really think about it. It's a powerful thing to have purpose, meaning in your life, that your life you believe that something is actually amounting to something in your life and actually going somewhere and doing something with your life. I've been really struck by this because, you know, what has I been thinking in my midlife crisis, I just kind of had this thought of, and especially with the sermon series, this thought of, well, what if I wasn't, what if Jesus hadn't come, right? What if, what if I didn't believe Jesus was actually God in flesh, came, born in a manger, lived amongst us, and, you know, the whole story about dying on the cross, rising again, forgiving sins, and all this story. You know, what I would be a pastor, right, that's pretty much given, right? One could safely assume, but I thought about like just otherwise. What would what would be going on in my life? And I, I came to this conclusion. I was like, you know what? I would have no purpose in life. You think really? And I go, yeah, I, really, because I started thinking about it. And I don't know if you ever thought about this, but um, this is going to be a, a, a fun little experiment. Is I started thinking about one of the things I love to do is learn about science and stuff, and especially how the world works and the cosmos works and what we think is happening in, in the world and where things are heading in the universe and all these different things. And so I always keep tabs on it. And my phone always gets pinged with my little, you know, stories that come up. And it's always like, you know, some of you probably get like, you know, political stuff or like football stuff. I get like, here's when the world is going to end, you know, button or like all those different things. And so I get all these little funny things about what science is saying. And, and this uh, last week, one that caught my eye was, was this idea is that um, 
hey, you know the earth? We think of it kind of just rotating and doing its thing and having water and doing all this stuff for you know, a long time. Um, oxygen is going to end in about a billion years on earth. Right? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, you always read about like super volcanoes that spin so much stuff into this atmosphere that nothing on the, no plants can survive because the sun won't get to them. Or you hear about asteroids coming and hitting the earth and destroying it. And it was basically saying, no, it's actually pretty much a foregone conclusion that all things are basically saying to us that as the sun gets brighter, burns its energy, it's actually getting brighter and more intense. And the effect that's going to have on the earth is that in a billion years, CO2 can't exist. It's going to wipe it basically away. And then therefore, nothing is going to take CO2, turn it into oxygen, and everything that relies on oxygen is gone. From the earth. I was like, oh, happy holidays. Thanks for, thanks for that. Yeah. And then, of course, I was reading more lately also about other things. I was like, oh, by the way, if for some reason we figure that problem out, uh, the sun's going to be intense enough that liquid water can't exist two, a billion years after that. So in two billion years, no water on earth, period. Right? And then, of course, as you read, the sun may get big enough to even envelop the earth if you go long enough out there, right? And, and far enough out there. And then I was reading about, okay, so we got to be like inter, interstellar species, right? We got to go out and like, you know, figure out some way to get beyond our solar system. And then, of course, you read, like, our sun and all the rays it sends and all the bad stuff that, you know, rips through our DNA and, like, destroys us, that's the good stuff. You get outside our heliosphere, where the sun's rays hit the cosmic rays of the universe, that stuff just rips organic life to shreds, right? You go, oh, that's fantastic. And then, of course, there's the next problem of the most science that we have right now basically says that uh, all entropy wins, basically that all energy is going to be spent it's going to go dark, it's going to get really cold, and almost next to absolute zero, the Earth, is, the world is just, the universe is just going to be dead and vacant and dark. And I was, you know, reflecting on all this, and I go, oh, I feel sad, <laughs> right? And maybe you do too, right? Because it's like, this is our best knowledge that we know so far. Now, we're always learning things, maybe things are, you know, going to end up being different and all that stuff, but this is our best guess at what's going on and what's going to happen to our planet, what's going to happen to the universe, and all these different things based on what we know. And if you're like me, I suddenly realize very quickly, there's not a lot of purpose, if that's the end. With anything we do in our life now, it really doesn't matter at all. Like, we are a fleeting glimpse of vapor in the grand scheme of the universe, and no matter what we think we're doing, matters absolutely nothing at all compared to that fact. And I began to really wrestle with the idea of, like, well, wait a minute. I would, if I wasn't, didn't believe in God, like, if I didn't believe Jesus Christ came, I don't know what I'd do with my life at all. Because nothing I did would matter. At least that's how I felt. Maybe you'd feel differently, but that's how I felt. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, happy holidays. Woo! Let's go party, right? Because there's nothing else that matters, right? <laughs> just, I mean, seriously, it's just a fleeting, meaningless existence for all of us. And no matter what we think changes we think we can make in society, no matter what scientific experiment we can come up, unless we can keep the whole universe from going dark and cold, it's all moot point anyways, right? Now, of course, if you believe in God, God created it all in the first place. He can recreate it again. Or he can reform it again, right? God's not going to be limited by that at all. And so actually some of those things that we learn in science may not be as scary as we think. And furthermore, if not only God, there was a God out there that created it, but that God isn't just aloof to our existence, but actually cares about the creation itself. And if that God actually cared about humanity in such a way that he actually made humans in his image, 
And actually not only made humans in his image, but even when those image-bearing people spurned God's attention and affection and went on their own way, that God didn't give up on those people. In fact, came, put on flesh and blood, came to the earth to find them and bring them home for any who would hear the message and accept it. And that same God would come and even pay the penalty for our sins, die on the cross, rise again, and once again, invite us to come and experience eternity with him. And the tremendous love that he offers all of a sudden, Jesus matters, right? I mean, in the grand scheme of the two options that I'd laid before us just a minute ago, Jesus matters a ton. And the purpose that he's given each of us, you and I, is tremendous. How do we know that God exists? How do we know that God has come to this earth? How do we know that God's not aloof? How do we know that God has made humanity his image? How do we know that God is still for us and not against us? Because of the person of Jesus Christ. He came. Now, if you're not a believer per se here today, maybe those watching online, you're just kind of curious and things like that. One thing I would just encourage you to think about is this is, if you think that's a crazy message, it gets even crazier. And that is, not only do we believe that Jesus Christ was this as Christians, and that Jesus Christ was divine, but we believe that he's still around. He's still living on the throne, and that the Holy Spirit's been given to us, and that this isn't something that you can just, that you just happily, just hopefully wish in, that you can actually know God is alive, because God will live in your heart if you come to him. It's an amazing thing. It's tremendous love that changes you from the inside out and pours out to all the lives around you where you just want to share the good news that, hey, death and end and coldness and just entropy doesn't win, that, hey, there's a greater story. There's a great story for you and for I. What I love about our scripture today is that not only did God come and redeem us and do these things, but God gave us a task. And it's right there in Scripture, right in front of us. And the purpose is right there laid out at the very end of Matthew and many top places in other parts of Scripture as well. But as the Gospel writer Matthew records in the Great Commission, once again, Jesus gets up, and the very last things he says in the book of Matthew is these words to those around him. All authority and in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always, until the end of the age. I began to think about midlife crises. I began to think of the purpose God's given me. Guess what? It's not just for me. It's for every believer out there. The purpose is to not only be found by God and be transformed by his love, but his purpose is for you to share that love with others so that others would accept it for themselves as well. And in fact, if you think of Jesus' life, you think about what he did and how he, how he made disciples, sometimes we make this out to be a hard thing, right? We think of, like, do I have to give up, give altar calls, or do I have to get on a megaphone and preach, or what? No, 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 no. Think about Jesus and his life. How did he make disciples? He gathered people around to walk with them, to live with them. By the way he lived his life, by the way he treated others, by the way he invited people, and by the way he showed love to those who didn't deserve it. They themselves were transformed. 
Nay, those disciples, those 11 disciples, they followed him, even unto death, even under persecution. And once Jesus had gone up to heaven and, and sat at the right hand of the Father and gave the disciples this mission, he told them, I'm with you always, till the very end of the age. You know, at church as we're here today, one of the things we can remember is that when Jesus Christ came, he came and gave us purpose. And it's a purpose that no other, no other, we can't find it anywhere else in this earth. And the fact that Jesus Christ came to transform me, transform me, and have us be his workers in the vineyard, so to speak, make our lives such reflections of God's glory that other people will be led to the glory of Jesus Christ. You know, as we're here today, you can think about those that live around you, those that you come in contact with. You can think about your neighbors, your family, your coworkers, those that regularly are part of your life. There's your purpose. Right there. Jesus said, go. Make disciples. All people, all nations. You have a purpose, church. You have a purpose. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we're here today, we thank you so much for your love that's evident here once again. We thank you so much for coming in flesh and blood and meeting with us. And God, as we come to this holy table, we once again remember that we don't come of our own accord or any deservingness that we have done ourselves. But this table is open to us because of your grace that's freely offered here and now. Lord, for any of us that have gone wayward or many of us maybe that have never once accepted your love for ourselves, may in this moment, as your mystery of faith is proclaimed through bread and through juice, may Lord, once again, we understand your love in a deeper way than we ever have and accept it in a deeper way than we ever have again. Lord, thank you for giving us purpose. 